welcome back to the D3 Golf Guys podcast. Got a great episode for you tonight. Tonight, we will have on Matt Organisak, former Emory University Eagle, who just completed playing in Corn Ferry Q School Finals. Now, he didn't make the top 40, but he's got a great story, and it's a great conversation. So we're really hoping you enjoy it. Before we get to Matt, quick note from our friends from Pin Golf. Our friends at Pin continue to deliver outstanding rangefinders. Uh, the rangefinder is really easy to use. It's right where you need it. They even now have some customized magnetic straps for you to put it on your golf cart. And look, you might be saying, hey, Mike, I already have a rangefinder. But you can always use an extra one, one for the cart, one for the walking bag. It's a perfect gift for the holidays for that golfer that you all know and love. Reach out today to PIN and use the code D3GOLFGUYS for 20 bucks off your new rangefinder from PIN Golf. Get yours today. All right, now enjoy our interview with Matt Organisak. All right, joining us today from Emory University and the 2020 Massachusetts Amateur Champion and most recently Corn Ferry Q School Finals participant, Matt Organizak. Matt, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Very, very excited to be here. Yes. Well, boy, we have had uh, just a ton of fun uh, following you along through this uh, Q School thing. I, I just it, super excited as we have D3 guys starting to, to break into the uh, professional ranks. So, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about sort of the experience you had at finals, and then we'll talk a little more about how you got there. Yeah, the final stage was a lot of fun. You know, uh, it was obviously a really cool uh, location uh, in Savannah, some a place that I, you know, type of golf that I was somewhat familiar with, having played uh, the the D3 golf tournament on Jekyll Island um, every year in college. And so, you know, it was especially it kind of played similar to how it does in the early spring, where it was very kind of sloppy and it was, you know, kind of, dormant Bermuda type, but it was such a fun experience, you know, getting there. There's obviously a lot of, a lot of good high level D one college golfers that you've seen and you've, you know, seen on, on the leaderboards on golf set and, and things like that. And, uh, you know, yeah, it was, I mean, they got, they had ropes set up all over the golf course. So that was a fun little aspect. You know, we had our, our, our passes to get inside and the, and the player breakfasts and the player lunches were pretty, pretty good. And, you know, just having, having hundreds of volunteers around, just kind of always helping you out, always doing anything that you might ask them to do was, was a, it was certainly a, a fun experience. That, well, that's great. So now, Getting just getting to finals itself gets you some level of status, correct? Yes. So getting okay. to finals gets you conditional membership. So right. I have I am officially a uh, a corn fairy member. Um, so basically, what that means is that you know I I get discounted Monday qualifier uh, entry fees and. If I were to get into an event, you know, obviously my 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 ranking isn't all too well because of my finish. But if I were to get into an event and then I made a cut and I got myself onto the money list, then my status can improve significantly, um, depending how much money I do end up making. And basically, what that does is 
for the next reshuffle, you know, they have three reshuffles throughout the season. Mm-hmm. At the time of the next reshuffle, I can my status can get bumped and then I can get some guaranteed starts based on that improved status. All right. Clear as mud, right? No, no, no complexity there at all. Good, good thing you're a D3 no. guy. We, we'll be able to <laughs> sift right through all that stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Matt, take me back. So you're a Massachusetts kid. How did you find your way to Emory? Yeah, so, I mean, this is, you know, I was very lucky. Looking back, Emory was one of the few schools that I looked out anywhere in the South. I really, I was looking more so in the Northeast and even a few out in the Midwest, but I really, I didn't look a whole lot in the South, but I, you know, I went to visit, um, it was Labor Day weekend, and I met coach Schoberg and, you know, I really, he's, he's really uh, passionate about the program and, you know, he, he, you could really tell he, he really uh, cared a lot and he was trying to build, build a better program down there. And, and it's not hard to, uh, to fall in love or, or really like the Emory campus. Once you step foot on it, it's, it's really beautiful. And, you know, I was so lucky to be able to spend four years there you know, my friends that I would always say, we, we, you take for granted once you get used to it, how beautiful it is. But after having been back a couple of times since I left, you know, you really it's it's just such a such a beautiful campus. And and but yeah, so I mean, it it was just kind of one of the schools that I was looking at. And and, you know, obviously I was I was more focused on the academic side of things first. But, you know, I really wanted to play golf in college and uh and if anything were to happen on the on the professional level, then I kind of always told myself that that was going to, you know, be that was going to come from from the work that I put in. It didn't really matter what my environment was or where I was, you know, as long as I had the tools and and the the things that I needed to to succeed and to to improve, then you know, it was going to be on me. And and going down to Emory, I didn't really i was a bit of a naive 18 year old and i didn't really think about what the weather and and how nice the weather would be what what that would do to my golf game yeah and you know the ability to create your own schedule and you know kind of take time off when you want to but also you know go out there and and in january you know in in december if you just want to get some practice in that was obviously something that I was not used to in Massachusetts. Um, and, and so when I went down to school, it was just really game changing because I could play a lot more and, and I could improve my game, you know, bit by bit, just at, at my own pace, instead of having to cram it in, in, in the five months that you can play up North. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for, for my audience, uh, we haven't talked a lot about you because you were a senior when COVID hit and, and we just haven't right. had a chance, but I've watched you play lots of times and have been around you a bunch. And, you know, it. there's no better, you know, depiction of great Division three golfer than Matt. He He's an All-American, solid guy. Everybody always liked him. So, you know, just great, great. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, um, thank you. So, so when, when did you decide, all right, I'm going to give this pro thing a shot. I'm going to try to try to go qualify for corn Ferry. Where, where did that come from? And, and, and maybe it did it start a little bit with the, the amateur back in back home in mass. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I, I, my, uh, at the beginning of my senior season, you know, I had played pretty well my 
uh, fall junior season, you know, not as well in the spring, but, you know, well enough that I was able to get into a lot of the, you know, pretty good high level amateur events over the summer. And that was kind of always my goal throughout the, you know, school year season was that if I could play well enough to get into those summer tournaments, then I would kind of have a reason to, to not get a job or not get an internship, you know, that would be full time, you know, I was still caddy, things like that. But, um, you know, so I did that the summer going into my senior year. And when I came back to school, I kind of sat down with coach and we had a discussion and obviously, you know, the, the, the thing that I was most worried about was if, if I go do this, you know, and I don't work for a year and a half, you know, I want to make sure that I wasn't just going to be kind of stranded out there in the job market as a 24 year old who had never seen any sort of work experience. But, you know, I talked with coach Schoberg and he was very, you know, we had had guys who had done this in the past and, you know, we had alumni who, who would help you out if you needed to. And, and so, you know, that was kind of when I, I really fully decided to give it a go. And so I kind of structured my schedule, my senior year, you know, I had taken a lot of my classes the first three years. And so I kind of structured things so that I could spend a little more time practicing. And obviously with COVID coming around in the spring of my senior year, that didn't exactly, you know, go to plan, but it was really I, I kind of decided wholeheartedly at, at the beginning of my senior year that I was going to give it a go, you know, in a year's time come the next summer, I was really going to do it full time. And then once, you know, over the summer when I got home and obviously COVID was still happening, I, I took a couple months off when I was down in Atlanta, but then I got back to Boston and, you know, this is when I, I was able to play really well in the state am. And, and that was kind of the, that was the start of it. That was really when I started, you know, doing it full time, eight, 10 hours at the, at the golf course every day, just really practicing a whole lot and just, just working on different parts of my game that I knew that I needed to improve to get to that next level. That, that's, that's great. Um, so it remind, remind me again, what you graduated from Emory with a degree in what? in quantitative sciences and with a little, <laughs> yeah. So basically it's data science. Yeah. So it was a lot take, of, take that division one guys. We got guys on the <laughs> tour that are data scientists. <laughs> yeah, it was, I loved it. I loved every second of it. The professors were awesome. You know, it's one of the great things about it. I mean, professors are so good and, and it was, uh, it was really fun and it was really interesting. And I, and I do think that it's helped me and, in parts of my golf game as well, where, you know, uh, I'm definitely a little more of an analytical thinker and, you know, with it, it's, it's along the lines of how and why decade golf has become so popular in the last couple of years where yep. that's really just a, a guy, you know, in Scott Foster, who's a, who's an analytical thinker about the way that you should plot your way around a golf course. And, and, you know, I, I definitely think that I do things like that. And even, you know, with the, the amount of golf that I'm playing now, I'm, I'm trying to learn more about the different shots that I hit at different times with different wins, you know, based on how far I'm trying to hit it and things like that to, you know, build more of a, build more of a model in my head where when I'm set with those shots in tournaments and under pressure, I know that I've, you know, hit these types of shots with, you know, with a nine iron, with an eight iron, whatever it may be. And so, you know, I, I can have a, just, you know, just a better, better bank, a better model about what, I think is going to come in that certain scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I said, you know, it, I want to see some of those sociology majors out there <laughs> come, come after that. 
so, you know, Matt, you talk about how you, you know, I think D- division three sort of prepared you for this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, this is a funny thing and obviously playing with a lot of high level D one guys in the last few weeks, you know, they're always, they're always, uh, somewhat surprised when they hear that I played D three golf because, you know, because there's just not a lot of us out there, but I really do think that, you know, what I always say is, is the competition uh, on a week to week basis at, at the, at the strong tournaments, you know, especially at the top level is, is really, really good. You know, there, there are kids on every single team who can go low and who, who can shoot, you know, 67, 66 on any given day. And that's really all you need to, to keep you engaged and to keep you uh, motivated because, you know, if, if there's somebody out there who can beat you, then, then there's work to be done. Right. And that's, and that always holds true in division three golf. You know, there were, there were always teams that we were competing with and there were always guys who were, who were playing better. And, and so, you know, that, and it's, it's really on every team and, you know, any team in the top 20 could, could have a good week and, and really, and, you know, shoot 10, 15 under par and win a big golf tournament. And that's what, you know, and that's the same thing in D1, you know, sure. The depth might be the depth of the teams probably is a little better. And, you know, the, you know, there's probably more of those teams, but you know, it's the same idea that there are teams out there that can go low on any given day. And if you don't do it yourself, then you're going to, you're going to fall behind. You're going to, you know, you're going to trail those teams. And, and that was kind of, you know, that's how I would always say it to the kids that I was playing with who would ask, ask me about what D3 golf was like. And, you know, there's always somebody out there, you know, and if there isn't, then, then maybe you, you could transfer, but I don't, I would find that hard. I would be hard pressed to find somebody who could really just go out there and win every single week and just beat every single person out there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And, you know, as I've, I've known some other guys who have, have, you know, made the pro effort and things like that. We always laugh because, you know, you end up getting out there on some of the mini tours or qualifiers and, the division one guys are out there complaining about, well, this isn't very nice. And this, we don't have that and this and the struggle. And we're like, Hey man, we're D three. We, we live like this. So we're good. We understand the grind. We're all here for the grind, you know? Uh, Absolutely. It really so, teaches you, know, you, it teaches you to be mentally strong more than anything where, you know, you got to be ready for anything. There's, you know, there, there isn't as much money being thrown around. There isn't as much perks and things. And, and I really think that, that does a great job of teaching you to just keep your head down and just, you know, one step after another and, and play with what you got. Yeah. Yeah. So Matt kind of uh, coach Schoberg, we just had him on the podcast. He was talking yeah, yeah. a little bit about you. Um, you kind of walk us through kind of the Q school you, first stage you get there, you know, just kind of walk us through sort of the process. Cause I know it was some, some exciting times throughout. Yeah. So I was, I mean, I spent the last winter from November to May in Florida, kind of just practicing and I played Canadian tour Q school in March and I played really well in the first round, but then I, you know, I, I made six birdies in the first round, but then made five birdies in the next three rounds. And I kind of, I was really, what, what the issue was, was my iron play was just not good enough. I didn't make enough birdies. And so, you know, the, the next thing that I had to look forward to was corn Ferry Q school. And so from the middle of March until basically the end of August, you know, I, I 
went back home in May, back up to Boston, Massachusetts, and I practiced all summer. And, you know, I was really just trying to get my, my iron play to, you know, it was clearly a weakness and I needed it to be a strain because, you know, if you, if you want to be good, you got to make birdies, you got to go out there and you got to make five, five birdies every round. Um, you know, this is something I didn't do at final stage, but I did pretty well at, at first and second, the, uh, but you know, I, I practice all, all up until the end of August. And that's kind of thing when things got going, I, I went down to Winston Salem for pre-qualifying and that was just three rounds. So two practice rounds and three rounds. And, and I honestly, you know, pre-qualifying is, is kind of the spot to, as people say, to weed out the dreamers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you should be able to, if you, you know, if you've been practicing a lot and you, you know, you, you've got a good game, you should theoretically be able to get through there, but it's no easy, t- easy task, especially with no Q school last year, there were a lot of guys, a lot of good golfers who had to go back to pre-qualifying mm-hmm. and, you know, you still got to play solid golf and, and I played solid. I didn't play great. Um, but I played okay. And, and, and I, I stumbled into the, the last couple holes and, and luckily made it right on the number very luckily, honestly. Um, but you know, from that point, I, you know, I had a couple, couple of buddies send me a text that saying, you know, you're going to, you're going to get through here and then show, show you off your stuff at the next couple stages, you know, cause that's, that's the crazy thing about golf. you any given week, you know, anything can happen. And, and I didn't play all too well there, but I was lucky to get through. And then after that, I traveled all the way out to Dayton, Nevada. And that's where I did first stage. And I had a good friend of mine uh, come out and caddy for me. He was in Utah and he came out and caddied. And I, and I, that was probably the best golf that I played at, at any stage in the Q school. I was really hitting the ball. Well, I putted it pretty well too. And, you know, the golf course was, was pretty lenient and it, it wasn't all too hard, but I was able to shoot some really consistently good scores and then, and then really played well the last day to, to, finish at 13 under and to get in by two there. Um, and then after that, I moved on to Dothan, Alabama for second stage. And that was a, that was a serious golf course that it's a Robert Trent Jones trail golf course tipped out at around 7,600 yards. And with some of the crazier slopey greens that I've ever seen, and they were large too, you know, it was really important to be on the right section. Cause if you weren't on the right section, you could be putting 95 feet up and over a hill or something like that. Um, but it was a really great test of golf. It was in awesome shape. Um, and, and, you know, I played okay. I played very well in two days and I played okay in the other two days, but I played just okay enough and, and just well enough in the, and on the, in the second and the last round that, you know, I, I buried the last two holes um, I made a couple nice putts, a nice 20 footer and a nice eight footer to get in right on the number at seven under. And so that was obviously really exciting because, you know, that's when I knew I had, I had acquired some sort of status and that was certainly one of the goals for a while. And then, and then finally it all culminated in Savannah for final stage. And, you know, that one was much more of a real golf tournament, you know, three practice rounds, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday tournament started on Thursday was supposed to finish on Sunday, but we had yeah. a, we had a whole, whole day of sitting inside because of, yeah, a, you're used to that from Jekyll and other yeah. D3 tournaments, right? Probably Gardens, exactly. Yeah. I've only, I've definitely done that a couple of times. Um, 
but yeah, it was, you know, obviously I didn't play as well as I would have liked to. I just didn't, didn't have it in Savannah, which is golf that happens sometimes. Um, but it was, a, it was a really fun experience and it was a really, I learned a lot about my game and how I can compete with, with guys at this level, you know, especially when I have, when I'm on and when my game feels good, I know I can compete with anybody, but you know, it's, that's, that's not, unfortunately, that's not really what golf's about. Golf's about how good your worst shot is. And, you know, I I learned that my good is really good, but I got to get my worst a little better so that I can compete. And, you know, hopefully if I'm on tour that I can, you know, make cuts when, when I don't have my best game and that's, you know, but that it was a, it was a really, really fun experience being inside the ropes and having the passes and everything. And, you know, the, the fresh pro V ones on the, on the driving range or something that you, you'll never get used to. And that's about as good as it gets, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. How nervous were you on the first tee on Thursday at finals? I was definitely, I was definitely pretty nervous. The, the yeah. tee shot was not very pretty. I'll say that. And I, and I made about a, I made about an eight footer to save bogey. So that wasn't, that wasn't a great start, but we were off after that, at least. Yeah. I think I made birdie the next hole. So we were off. Okay. So you played in multiple national championship tournaments. Compare first tee from your first national championship tournament to the first tee at that Corn Ferry Q school final. Yeah. I mean, honestly, pretty similar. There's just, when you, when you get to a stage like that, it's, it's really, it's just, you know, it's a new level and, you know, it's that idea of new level that, that really makes you the most nervous. You know, every time I step on the first tee, I always have some nerves. That's just human nature. But the more you do something, you know, the, the more you get a little used to it and you get used to the nerves that will come with it. But that one was definitely a new experience and, and some, you know, some pretty high level, high level golf. And, and I was pretty darn nervous. Well, good. well, look, we are super excited for you. We've been following you the entire time. Uh, so what's sort of the plan kind of going forward? Yeah, so I, I'm back down in, in sunny South Florida for the for I have a, I have a lease on, on a place down here until May. But, you know, the corn fairy season doesn't start until January. Um, and obviously I have no guaranteed starts or anything like that. So I, I'm really just going to be playing, playing the Monday qualifier grind and hoping that I get in through one of those. Um, but so once they come back to the the first couple events are, are outside of America, but once they come back to America, they've got a couple, they've got one in Florida and then a couple in the Southeast. And so I will probably play a couple of those Monday qualifiers whenever they get back in in the States. And, you know, if I don't get through any of those, then I'll, I'll just keep grinding and and hopefully maybe get a start sometime over the summer. I don't really know exactly if that's, if that's a possibility or what, what the odds of that are, you know, later in the season. But for now, I mean, I I obviously my, you know, I got a lot to improve on. That's the most important thing. I got a lot of practicing to do you know, I'm going to go see, see my coach over in Naples, uh, here soon. And, um, but I got a lot to work on because, you know, I know that I, I, I need to get a whole lot more consistent and, you know, even, even when I got my good, my good needs to be better. And, and my, my mediocre certainly needs to be, to be a lot more solid. So 
that's kind of the next, the next few months for me is a lot of practice. I am going to play the RSM Monday qualifier in, um, in a few days time up in Brunswick, Georgia, just cause that's so close mm-hmm. to me. It's about four and a half, five hour drive. So I'll do that one, but really up until, up until February, I'll, I'll be down here practicing and then, and then grinding the Monday qualifier grind. Awesome. Well, we'll, we'll make sure you get connected with the uh, Monday qualifier uh, Twitter guy. Uh, yeah, we've definitely. had a few conversations with him. Uh, do you have any sponsors yet? So not just, not quite yet. I mean, I, I do, okay. I've, I've been supported with by Titleist and FootJoy for a while now, and, and they've been, they've been awesome to me. And, you know, especially making it to final stage, they were really nice getting me anything that I needed. Um, no closed sponsors or corporate sponsors or anything like that. And we are, we are working on it, getting there, but, you know, some guaranteed starts, uh, would, would be, would be useful in that manner, but yes. well, that's good. Yeah, well, look, uh, we're going we're gonna to send you a box of some swag, some, so we're, I got oh, some D3 you. golf guys, towels and some Absolutely. fun wristbands and stuff just for, for you to kind of help, help make sure you're, you're moving right along. But if there's anything Thank we you. can ever do for you, and by the way, when you start getting those starts and when you start to qualify, come on back on the podcast, we can kind of keep tabs on you and, and keep talking to you. Definitely. I'd be happy to. I'm always, I'm always thinking of all my, all my D3 golf guys. There's that's, that's for sure. You know, it was, it was such a great, great part of experience for me in college and, and, you know, something that definitely taught me a lot about, about the game of golf. All right. Well, Matt, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you.